0: We, we heard of the tragedy of uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, I believe it was nine of them all together uh, that lost their lives. Um, we are now, uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that uh, from that perspective. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of James. Amen. I felt a need. The Lord moved me in that direction to talk to us a little bit about, last week I talked about preparing for death, a little bit, right, I talked to you a little bit about that, right, Uh, have your business in order, remember me saying that, and then I started getting text messages and calls about uh, Kobe Bryant, amen, and um, it's a tragedy, y'all, but it wasn't a surprise to God, amen, nothing is a surprise to God, amen. Amen. James chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. You may not have thought about it, but maybe I can enlighten you a little bit about it. Amen? He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, see that, and engage in business and make a profit. Verse 14, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is. You boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do, and does not do it, to him it is sin. I want to talk about this morning seven things you should know about life. What is life? Seven things. You should know about life. Kobe's dead. It can't be true. It just can't be true. Last Sunday afternoon, the world was gripped with the news of the death of Kobe Bryant. And later we found out about the others that died on the, in the helicopter crash, nine total, including his 13-year-old daughter, the world was shocked. I was shocked. What a horrible day it was for the families, for the fans, Aban, of this superstar. Who was larger than life. First, I want you to consider why this news is so shocking. Because every day, 150,000 people die every 24 hours. We all clearly know that life can end for any one of us. Come on and help me. In a blink of an eye. I believe it's called what's called the invincibility complex. Or the invincible complex. Despite the fact that we know that we're fragile. And our life is fleeting. It's something in our subconscious that blocks out the fact that. We're just one blink away from dying. Amen. No one knows. And even for an immortal life-size superstar like Kobe Bryant. Amen. We found out that even he is not immune to death. Do I have anybody? It can be a deceptive outlook, life. Life can... Uh, fool you if you would. Life can make you think that you're invincible. Amen. Life can trick you into believing, amen, that you can have it forever. But that's not the truth. The truth is, we're not invincible. The truth is we're very fragile people. The truth is it's easy to be bitter at God. Ultimately, death causes us to examine ourselves. I don't know about you, but when I heard the news, I started to think about what is life. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to look at his picture. I don't even want to look at his daughter's. I don't even want to look at anyone in that on that scene because it brings a sure reality that it could have been me. Come on, help me somebody. We will continue to pray for the family. We will continue to lift them up. But the question is, how or what can we learn from all of this? I believe this tragedy was for God's glory. Come on, somebody. What was tragic for them was for our example and for his glory. I believe, amen, that it causes us to question our mortality. Amen. I I saw commentators and unbelievers talking about if, if you have an issue with your with one of your loved one go get it right because you never know come on somebody when your day will come you never know when you get into those man-made vehicles every week and and every day and some of you drive for a living and some of you amen commute every day you never know if you're coming home come on somebody we live as if we're going to be here forever, but the only sure thing you have is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I wish I had somebody. I looked and I searched and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what can we make out of this? And the Lord said, I want you to talk to my people about getting serious about their life. Come on, somebody being careful where they go and what they do and what they get themselves involved in and what they expose themselves to because you only have one life to live and how you live it really matters. James writes to a people who had been under pressure. James, the book of James. They had been scattered abroad for persecution had hit the church. And James is writing to them to say life is too short to be tripping over a whole lot of other things. You know, we quarrel and we fight and we fuss. Come on, y'all. And we get all bent out of shape. But have you sat back recently and say, Lord, thank you for my life. Despite the pain and despite the suffering, despite what you've been through, have you paused for a moment to say, Lord, thank you. I'm breathing. Come on, somebody. I have a reasonable portion of my health or strength. Yeah, I may have a few aches and pains, but God, I thank you for a clear mind. Come on, somebody. I thank you I can raise my hands. I can lift my feet. Come on, somebody. I can clap my hands. But, Lord, I know that you place me on this earth for a purpose bigger than myself. Come on, somebody. You see, this passage helped me with something. Amen. It helped me to understand that my life is bigger than my occupation. Bigger than the plans that I think that I have. Amen. My life must count for something. James is writing and and this book is a manual to deal with some of life's toughest issues. Look at verse 1 of chapter 4. He says, "What is the source <laughs> of quarrels? Come on, help me somebody. Amen. And conflict. You know, it's nothing like living a life. Can you imagine, and I'm just saying, right, can can you imagine what was the last words that Kobe said to his wife before he left? Just saying. And not just him, I'm talking about all the other people. The pilot. Can you imagine, like the pilot, baby, I'll be back, i see you later. Oh, what if there was an argument before they left? See what I'm saying? We never think about how Our lives can leave us that quick. And so we live with quarreling and look what he said. He said, it's not the source your pleasure that wage wars in your members. You lust and do not have, so you what? Commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you do what? You fight and what? And then you want to get a little spiritual with it, amen, so you pray. (laughs) Can I tell you something? I I, I see a lot of spiritual people saying they're praying, but God ain't answering. Look what he said. He says you. He says you. You fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not what ask. And the problem is when you do ask. Go to the next verse. When you do ask, what do you ask with? You ask and do not. Re- Can you imagine praying to a God that never answers you? I had this like moment the other day in my prayer closet. I said, "Man, God, you answer pr- you." You really, it's like, I know he does, but it's just like life, we take it for granted that when you talk to God, he hears you. How many of you prayed and you've seen something happen? Let me see, let me see. That's called push. Pray until something happens. You got to push every now and then. It, it seems rough right now, but you got to what? Push. Pray until something happens. And so if we have a room full of people, Come on somebody. Come on somebody who who get their prayers answered. Come on somebody. That means this church should be filled with power. That means we should see something happening in the lives of all of us. Amen. That that that's amazing because God obviously is hearing your prayer. But for this guy, <laughs> he says you pray, you ask, but ain't God ain't doing nothing for you. James is laying it out. One thing I like about James, James is kind of one of those guys, he's in your face. He's like, let me tell you what's up. He doesn't sugarcoat it, right? He says, look, he says, you ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong what? Modus. Watch what he says. So that you may what? Spend it. You want an easy life so you can ball. Come on somebody. And, and, and watch this and indulge in the creature comforts. You want caviar and champagne and you want to live, you find what I'm saying? You want to live a ball of life. You don't want to, you don't want to bless God. You want a comfortable life. It ain't nothing wrong with wanting a comfortable life. But he said, you asking me for that. What you're asking for, you don't want to reconcile with your brother. You don't want to come on somebody. You don't want to give God glory. God, listen, you can still do all that things, all those things, but give glory to God. Watch this. Life. What is it? Is it, is it, listen, some of our lives have been, from the moment we were born, we were born into all this mess quarreling and fighting and fussing and it just passed down to you and then look and then and then watch this and then we went to church amen we prayed come on somebody we ain't got no answer so we gave up on that lord have mercy that's why people give up on god because they don't get the answer that they want oh i wish i had some preaching people up in here who could say amen Watch this now. Watch this. He said, all right, okay, all right, cool. He said, Um, look at verse 4. He says, you adulterous? Uh-oh. Do you not know that friendship with the world? You got more friends in the world than you do in church. That's what I was talking about earlier. Your worldly friends, you know. And you're talking about I'm trying to save them. You know, you try to save him. You know what I mean? Pass that here. Pass that here. (laughs) Come on, man. Don't keep it to yourself. He said, he said, uh, friendship with the world, uh, is hostility towards God. Therefore, whosoever wishes to be what? A friend of the world makes himself a what? All right. And God said, I'm jealous. Look at the next verse. He says, oh, do you not? Do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He what? God is jealous. He's a jealous God. That's why I'm going to talk to you about experiencing God next. So you understand his attributes. So you know how to live. One of God's other side is he's jealous God. He's a jealous God. He doesn't want you to love anything more than him. So the question is, what is life? Well, let's go to verse 13. So after he said all these things, look what he says next. He says, uh, right before that, he talks about judging. Don't judge your brother. You know, your brother's tripping. I mean, your brother's going through some stuff. Work with him. Amen. Don't judge your brother. You know what I mean? Just help him, right? Help him through it. Don't get on the bandwagon with everybody talking about he this and he that. No, he said, no, no, because you don't know. You may not see your brother tomorrow. I may not see you next week. But I hope that our last conversation could end on a what? On a good note. Tell your neighbor, what is life? Amen. So let's look at it. Let's look at it. He says, come now, you who say. Now, notice James just switched the conversation, new subject, but in the same context. The context to this passage is persecution. Always remember that, right? Whenever you read the book of James, but watch what he says. He says, "Come now, who, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city." Big plan. I tell you they have a big plan. And spend a year there and engage in business and make profit. Make a profit, okay? Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Seven things you should know about life. First thing, first thing, give me the first thing. First thing is life is filled with what? All of you got big plans. All of us. How many got a plan? And some big ones. Come on, man. You want to do this. You want to open that. You, man, you got the next, you the next Bill Gates. You, woo, you're so consumed with your plans. He says, yeah. He said, look, today, tomorrow, we're going to the city and we're going to clean up. We're going to make some money. All of us have big dreams, but here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with having big plans. Here's what the problem is. You ready? When you leave God out the plan. That's right. And for us, life without God in the plan can be very what? Frustrating. A lot of you got big, 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 big. Listen, so I'm telling you, y'all got genius ideas. But it ain't come to pass yet. Because God ain't in it. You left God out the planet. Okay, God, where, where you need to be in this? Nothing wrong with, listen, live like you have included God in your plans. So we go in such and such city and we're finna do, we're finna make this money. I mean, yeah, we're finna do this thing. But here's the thing, God, we're gonna make sure that you get yours. And we're gonna make sure that it's for your glory. There's not a person on this earth who don't have a plan. Either you're planning to fail or you're planning to succeed. That's also a plan. So life is full of what? Big plans. But just don't leave God out of it, okay? Look what he says in verse 14 now. We did 13. Let's go to 14. He says, yet you do not know. What your life will be like tomorrow. I know those nine people did not wake up thinking they were going to die. But here's what's so interesting about this theologically. When the curse came. access for our future was taken from us. Because it's under the we're under the curse now. Just like our emotions are under the, under the curse. Watch this. So believe it or not somebody said, I ain't got no faith. You got more faith than you know. You've been practicing this since you've been born. You've been waking up every day or going to bed at night. Some of you don't even think about it. I'll be up tomorrow. Taking it for granted. Like air. So the next thing is you need to do about life. All of us. We got big plans. But life is about believing the best. Let me ask you this. Do you go to bed every night with negative things on your mind? And some of us do. We just I mean, seriously, we think, say, Oh, it's not gonna be good. But but you have to have some form of a belief. Because he says, yet you do not know. That's an emphatic. You don't know. We don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring. Now you could plan, you could put it together, you could say, we're gonna meet up right here. But the bottom line is you gotta have some form of a belief, saints. And I believe for the best. Come on, somebody. I hope for the best. Amen. But oftentimes, amen, we even take that for granted. So what Paul was, what, what James was saying to these people listen, I know you're suffering right now. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but you're not living like you're on borrowed time. You're living like you're invincible. You're living like stuff is not going to, watch this, you don't know, I don't know. Think about it. We go to sleep every night and we sleep in the very image of death. When you're sleep, listen, you're just one step away from death. When you sleep at night, watch this. Someone can break, over, break into your house. Come on, somebody. While you're sleeping in that image of death and take your life and you would never know. So we don't know. And I believe that we must live in such a way that we are grateful for the life we have. I know we got some troubles. I know we got some trials. I know that we focus a lot on what this person not doing, that person. But come on, y'all. We're breathing. We have a reasonable portion of our health and strength. And God has been good to us. Come on, somebody. We got a roof over our heads. We got a, we got a little bit of food on the table. But here's the thing. We have to believe the best. Believe the best. Before the fall. We had a future. After the fall, we don't even know what the future holds. Think about that for a minute. But yet we wake up every day. I believe this incident has, should cause us to appreciate life just a little bit more. Take care of your bodies, eat right, get enough sleep. Come on, somebody. Work on yourself. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about physically, emotionally, mentally. Take a break every now and then. You Listen, every now and then, just pause for a minute and enjoy today. Today, your time is running out. Your time is running out. We're closer to the grave, but it's not about age. It's about purpose. It's about destiny. It's about what God had created you for. And some of us, we're just sitting on the bench. We go to bed every night, not even thinking about what life, what our lives would look like. Amen. So that means we must have some form of belief. Huh? Look what he says. Look what he says, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. He says, and yet you are, you are. Here's how God sums up our lives. You are what? Have you, have you ever seen? Some of you smokers know what I'm talking about. You blow it. And it's gone. Just that quick. Just that quick. Today I could see you. (sighs) Tomorrow you're gone. Life is but a what? He says, you are just a what? Vapor that appears for what? A little while. Think about that for a minute. And then, so life is filled with big plans. Life is about believing the best. But here's the next thing about life. You got to remember. Can I ask you a question? What mark are you going to leave on this world? If you die, what would you be remembered for? Seriously. I'm so glad he did. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Now that's some cruel stuff to say, but but some people are like I'm just happy he's gone. Uh, he's in a better place. But I'm, you know, they and they sub <laughs> kind of like, oh boy, I'm glad that book is gone. vapor. Just think about it, right? With all that we have, all that we strive to get, we're just a vapor. We're just vapors. That's all we are. We're just (laughs) gone. And you think, oh yeah, I got time. You don't have time. Can I say this to somebody here today? You don't have time. You don't. You've been playing too long. You've been playing Russian roulette with your life too long. And time is running because your vapor is getting real thin. Watch this. Life is brief. You know, you know, you know what that word vapor means to disappear. To vanish. Well, brother, such and such was here. Such and such was here, but you gone now. Now, this is not a funeral message. This should be a shouting message, but I know you're thinking about it like, Dad, you passed, so you messed me up right there. You know, I'm thinking about my life right now, okay? I got to go straighten out some stuff. (laughs) (sighs) Because, right? Listen, we spent, write this down somewhere. We spend billions... On preserving it and not on our destination. We spend billions on preserving something that we can never keep. So you bought the best clothes. You drove the best cars only to leave it to some kids who are going to sell it. We Or fight over it. We spend billions on preserving it. The question is, when you vanish, where will you go? And if you know Jesus, in the pardon of your sins, for real. Absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. Amen. And I will speak well of you because I know where you are. So don't spend so much time working on this that goes away. Spend time working on this internally where your character is changing. Where your conduct is changing. Where your commitment is changing. Where, watch this, when you open your mouth and say something you're going to leave a mark on somebody's life so that their destination will be secured listen what's your destiny eternity is forever but life is brief y'all we don't have much time either amen some of you have lost loved ones when they were young right remember that remember when they died Right? They're living on in your memory, right? But they're not here. And you didn't think that at 13 years old, come on somebody, something like that. People are mad at God right now. How can God cause something like that? Life is brief. Watch this. Look at verse 15. Instead, he gives us the solution. You ought to say, was the last time you said that so life is brief but next thing is life can be a blessing if you know the Lord because you have included him in your walk in your family when you eat your food you say your grace grace Think about this. When you go to bed tonight, you want you, before you go to bed, Lord, if it's Your will, listen to the Lord's prayer. Amen. It is a cliche. It's a cliche that people say, "Oh, if the Lord wills," you know. No, no, no. no. Ain't no cliche. It's scripture. Right. Amen. L- let me ask you this: the next move you are getting ready to make, I know it's big. Can I ask a question? Did you talk to God about it? But you already moved out. Your life, listen, a lot of us are living miserable lives. Simply because we hadn't put the Lord in it. Your life can be a blessing. Blessing. If the Lord is in, it. he says, instead, you ought to say what, listen, with all your plans include God in it. You know, I, 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 I know, I know this, I know that I'm a good steward, but is God in it. I'm trying to change some things about my life, but is the Lord in it. Come on, somebody. I, I'm trying to uh, open up a business, but did God even ask you to do that? I'm just, I'm just asking, are you just jumping from another thing so that you don't have to face yourself or your family? Come on, somebody, and deal with the real issues that's happening in your life. He says, you ought to say, if the Lord will, if the Lord wills, look what he says. We will what? So, so pay attention to that point. The first, that, that point before he says, life could be a blessing if you know the Lord. But watch what he says. He says, we will watch, watch, watch the text. The text says, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, you know what that word wills mean? Desire. God, what do you desire? What is your desire? I've been trying. I got this idea, but Lord, what's your Desire. Have you ever thought about it's not working because it's not his desire for you? You've been trying and trying and trying and trying and bumping your head against the wall, trying to figure it out, mad and all upset. But is it God's will for you? He says, if the Lord's will, we will live and also do this or that. Here's the next point. Life can be a blessing if you know the Lord, but life can be a blessing if you live for him. When he says this or that, ask yourself a question. In your disson and datin, how much of that is God getting? Oh, that rhymed. (laughs) In your disson and datin, how much of that belongs to God? Lord, am I, you know, am I living for you? Are you doing everything else but living for him? You know what I'm saying? We have an idea what we want to do. We're living to do this and that. But listen, all it has to be for his glory. I'm sitting here reflecting last Sunday like, oh man. The Bible said whether you eat, whether you drink, or whatever you do, do it as unto the glory of God. So in other words, eat in moderation, drink in moderation, work in moderation. Come on, somebody. Give him glory through your life. Because you only have one life to live. And if you're living just because you're cute, let me help you with that. Charm is deceitful. It'll run out. You'll be found out, by the way. I'm going to charm is deceitful beauty is vain you know what that word vain means means it's deceptive but a woman who loves God shall be praised you want to be praised not for your beauty but for who you are on the inside the woman that you are inside in the in the sight of God not in the sight of men He said, if you know the Lord more and you serve him and live for him, you'll be praised for the right thing. Let me go on to verse 16. He says, (laughs) but, but, but as it is, you what? Now, you know, but, but as it is, right? You know what, you know what that's suggesting, right? Like, like James is crazy, man. James to me is cold. James calls them out. He said, the, the, the the first few verses, right? Three verses. He's talking about what they should be. Now he's talking about what they are. But as it is, what? You what? Listen, can I tell you something? Some of y'all cute with your boasts, you know. You, you know, you know, oh yeah, you know, you, 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 boast on the cool. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, look at my dress. Or look at my car. Or, you know, come to my house. Oh, you know, a little something, something, something. You know how you say a little something, 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 something. You know, it ain't, it ain't much. It ain't much. You know, you know, a little something, something, something. <laughs> come on, y'all. Y'all know how we do, right? We be boasting on the cool, right? He said, you, you, you boast in your what? In your what? In your, Arrogance uh, 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 about what? He said you boast in your what? In your arrogance, all such boasting is what? Is that our life? Seriously, like seriously, like we, we live to boast like stuff we get. Is it? Give me the next point. Life can be a what? If you're blinded, all we do is boast. Look how many members I got in my church. Pastors boast. You don't know I mean? Look at my car. Look at this. Look at this. Is that your value? Is that your life? No. Your life is bigger than that. And somebody say, I don't boast. Yes, you do. You boasting? We all boast, y'all. We all got something to say. But God says, that's your life. Can be a burden. Somebody right now, your life is burdened down. It, because you're blinded. Listen. Your wife needs love. She don't need no more material things. She needs you to be emotionally connected. Amen. But you always fighting. And fussing. And all this other stuff. She needs you present. In the home. Amen. She needs you present with the kids. Come on. Help me somebody. She needs you. Anyways. She needs you to wash the dishes every now and then. <laughs> See what I'm saying? She needs you present in the bedroom too. You over there thinking about something else. To married, this is this for married people, by the way. Just just in case you know what I'm talking about. Amen. You got to be present. You know what most men think? Most men think that if I provide, and I, and, you know, when I give her everything she wants and desires and all that type of stuff, she good. I ain't got to talk. I ain't got to do nothing. Shoot, I should be catered to. Catered to me. Bring my food. Open my beer. You know that kind of stuff. You need a butler. Is what you need. You don't need a wife. But you're so focused, men, on the material of life, you left God out. So now your, your family has no covering. Satan crept in the chimney down. And he in every room. Come on, you <laughs> It's deeper than material, it's deeper than material. Every now and then, you'll just hold your wife's hands, man. Just that affection. That's, that's all it is. Connect, not on material things. Life for some of us is a burden right now. And you, you're thinking, man, I, I'm tired. You ain't tired. You're burdened because your focus is wrong. You're blinded by material things. So you boast. Think about it. Think about it. You boast. And then you try to use this little false humility type of thing. You know, this false. Mo- no, no, not me. No. no, no, no. <laughs> Everybody wants to be noticed. And appreciated. But listen, let people appreciate you. Let people boast on you because your commitment to living a life for God is what draws them to you. Is that hard? Why is it so hard for us to do that? Why is it so hard to do that? Because we're blinded. But watch the last thing here and I'm going to sit my butt down. Listen, we're blinded by business. We're blinded by money, we're blinded by houses, cars, cash, commodities, amen, and anything else other that we place value on, amen, that we can't take in the next life. Watch this. Watch what he says in verse 17. Now, you got to catch verse 17, it says, therefore. Now, whenever you're reading scripture, right, whenever you're reading scripture and it says, therefore. Everything is linked from the top context to what it's saying. So therefore it's linked to everything that he says by boasting about life being a vapor. He says, therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do. Come on now. I've been preaching a long time. So all this elementary stuff that I've been preaching again, you should already got it down. He says, therefore, to him, whew, Lord Jesus, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him, not stop telling your wife she's the one in sin and you're the one in sin. Stop being a judge. That's what he talked about earlier. You stop being a judge. That's what he said earlier in verse 12, 11, 12, 13, 11, 12. Stop being a judge. You can't judge nobody's sin. You ain't God. He said, but to him who. Now, I could point out that you're not doing the right thing now. <laughs> okay, but I'm, I ain't going to beat you up with it. But, but come on now, at some point, you got to say, Dag, I know, right? Why ain't I, why can't I do it? What's wrong with me? And stop giving excuses why you won't do right. Come on, man. We got to do right. You know what is right. But we've placed the wrong value on life. That's the context. The Watch this. Life is about for us, for some of us, boasting, bragging, doing business, making money. Yeah, not if the Lord wills. But watch the last point is this. Last point. Life can be better. Tell you never do the right thing, man. Just... We need, I ain't support night, but I'm just saying, just do the right thing, man. Come on, man, you know what's right. If you back it up to verse one in the context, he said, what's the source of quarrels and fights among you? Well, here's the thing, you you acting like a baby because you're not getting what you want. And then so you get mad and you pray and still don't have them. So then you commit murder, you lie and you assault people and then you judge them. But you know what to do is right. You know the right thing. Saints, it's time for us to do the right thing with our lives. So that when you leave, we will speak well of you. You will leave. And I asked my daughter today, yesterday I said, what impact are you going to leave at HBU? when you leave there, will you be known or will you just be a number? Listen to this. You know, many people want to blame God for what had happened last Sunday. There's a little story I want to share with you. At the end of time, billions of people were scattered on the vast plains before God's throne. Some shrunk back from the brilliant light that beamed from God. But many other groups talked heatedly. Not cringing with shame but with belligerence. Can God judge us? How can he know about suffering and all this hell we have been through down here on earth? How can God understand what I'm going through when nine people just Crashed in the plane. How can God even be good in that app? Far across the plane were thousands of such groups. Each had a complaint against God. For all the evil and suffering he had permitted in this world. How lucky God was to live in heaven. Where all was sweetness and light. Where there was no weeping, no fear, no hunger, no hatred, no sickness or sorrow. What did God know of all that humanity had been forced to endure in this world? After all, God leads a rather sheltered sort of life, right? At last, they were ready to present their case item by item, leader by leader to God. It was rather vast. Before God could be qualified to be their judge, he must endure what they had endured. Their decision was that God should be sentenced to life on earth as a human being, as a man. Let him be born of the most despised race, a Jew. In poverty-stricken conditions, let the legitimacy of his birth be doubted. As a child, let him be forced to flee as a refugee to Egypt and live several years in a foreign country. Then give him work to do. An ideal to uphold that is so difficult that even his own family won't believe that he was God. Let him be betrayed by his closest colleague into the hands of those who hate him. Let him face false charges and be tried by a prejudiced jury and convicted by a cowardly judge. At last, let him see what it means to be terribly, terribly alone and forsaken by his family and friends. Let him be tortured, let him die, let him die the most excruciating and humiliating death because before a taunting, reviling crowd that none only verified his death but contributed to it, each leader announced his portion of the sentence, loud murmurs of approval went from the whole assembly and when the last leader had finished pronouncing his part of God's sentence, there was a long silence. No one uttered another word. Nobody moved. For suddenly, everybody knew that God had already served his sentence. So, if you think God is just or unjust, I should say, as to what happened last week, he already served his sentence. And I say to you today, then it's time for you to look at your life. It's time for us to seriously think about what is